M. Laura. Hang on, I have to flush the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Laura. And I'm Emily. Welcome to Slowing Down with the Simonians, the other Armenian sisters. Join us weekly for trending topics, deep discussions, unfiltered sister talk, and janky life hacks. Always with a splash of humor. That was good. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Slowing Down with the Simonians. I'm Laura, and I'm joined today by my sister, Emily. We are numbers two and three in the Simonian sister lineup. And I'm currently sitting in my 84-degree bedroom, sipping on a cold beer, just to take the edge off, because the AC is broken, and it's hot, and it's been a frantic day. So, welcome, Em. Sipping on gin and juice. You didn't tell me that the air conditioning was broken. How are you even doing that? Lots of fans, and usually around like 2 or 3 a.m., it cools off outside so we open the window but wow that is tragic so did you say that you're drinking beer I'm drinking a cold beer yes what what kind what what flavor just a just a little Michelob nice Michelob Ultra Michelob Ultra trying to keep it healthy I'm (laughs) I'm drinking a white claw tangerine and that sounds refreshing it is refreshing. It's not hot here. It's actually starting to feel like fall, but um, I'm just drinking because you are, and I'm a follower. Great. Glad to hear it. So today we are going to be talking about navigating through life's difficult transitions. And I think personally, life is a lot of transitions just kind of all strung together. Like, we have different seasons, but as far as transitions, I feel like there isn't really ever a time that you're not going through a transition. Um, And I just think that it would be important to address because especially now during a pandemic, it seems pretty relevant and we've had our share of transitions and moves and um, new jobs and losing jobs, losing family members or friends. And I just think there's a lot to be said and a lot to cover. But um, first, um, I'm sitting here waiting for Melissa to come over. She will not be joining us today. She will not be joining us. She's coming over to cook us dinner. No. She is. She, she no, said she's she, not. She said she was coming over to cook us dinner tonight. Did she fall and hit her head? <laughs> I know. I don't think she's ever cooked for me, like, ever in my life is she gonna wear an apron I hope so it's like that picture we took of her 15 or 20 years ago when she was like putting a emptying the dishwasher she was putting a dish in the dishwasher wearing like those rubber gloves and we took a picture because it was such a moment like we had never seen that before from her and so we had to document it and then it went up on her bulletin board of like her um senior year like memories (laughs) it was a milestone moment it was a Kodak moment that she put a dish in the dishwasher right 
Well, that's interesting. I, I would love to hear what she comes up with for the meal and um, to publicly ridicule her on our next episode. It's just too easy to pick on her when she's not here. So. Yeah. And this is coming from someone who normally, like she usually calls to see what we're having for dinner before she decides if she's coming over or not. So it was just a really nice surprise that she was offering to come and cook for us. Well, damn. I am shocked. I'm picking my jaw up off the ground. So I'm really looking forward to getting into our topic today. I'm wondering if we should just roll right into it, if we should slow it down. Okay, yeah, let's slow it down. But really quick before we do that, I wanted to answer a question that came through on our Instagram about a text thread that we posted. Oh, we got fan mail? We got fan mail. And our fans are dying to know what the man laugh is. Oh, that's a great question. (laughs) I feel like they've probably heard it without knowing what it is. Right. So the man laugh originated, I mean, since we were, since we existed, we've always been man laughing. However, it was brought to our attention that we have a laugh that sounds like a large man, kind of deep and guttural. um, And it's the same laugh that Laura and I both have. And it was, we went, I was going to say almost our entire lives, like we're 80 years old, but we went until what? We were both in our 20s. Yeah, I was 20. And I I had no idea. And I had no idea that I had a man laugh until we were playing. I remember it vividly. We were playing beer pong together um, with a group of guys that you, you know, your friend circle in college. And I won't call him out because that's not cool. Not that he would care or be listening to this, but a friend of yours who had just met me for the first time heard me laughing and said, oh my God, like with such disdain, he was like, oh my God, they have the same man laugh <laughs> about the two of us. And we were, and you just did it, Laura. I know. It's hard for me to organically do it now, but we do it where we're both totally in, in sync, in tandem. Like, <laughs> I can still remember the look on his face as he was looking at us both like, yeah. reek, 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 reek. Like, yeah, he, he was kind of disgusted. He was kind of <laughs> disgusted. And we were both shocked. We looked at each other wide-eyed. Like, what? Like, wait. It's like when somebody tells you for the first time something you never knew about yourself. Like, well, wait, I have a man laugh? To not know that we, like, I didn't know I had a man laugh. And you didn't know you had a man laugh. But then to discover that we both we have both a man laugh it. and it's the same one. And we do it in sync every time we laugh. And we never realized it for 20 years until this friend called it out. Right. Yep. With disgust on his face. Um, (laughs) And you know who else has made fun of us man laughing is actually mom. She doesn't like it. She she does it in like a mocking way when she thinks we're being obnoxious. Yeah. She does it in a way that sounds like grandma. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. I know the audience is probably chomping at the bit to hear what we have to say about tough life transitions. Maybe they've clicked on this podcast on Apple podcasts, trying to, you know, get a tip or two. And here we are talking about man laughing. So let's slow it down and get into it. Okay. Sounds good. Take it away, Em. Well, I want to second everything that you said about why we chose this topic for today, because life is one big transition. 
the only constant in life is change, as some people say. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think that learning how to be flexible and rolling with transition, rolling with uncertainty, rolling in transition, um, <laughs> rolling. Sounds like I'm talking about drugs, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Um, that's okay. Go on. I, I think that it is so important. It's such a skill to know how to move through difficult times. And so I've already made kind of a, a biased statement where you can tell, by the way, I'm speaking about this, that I view life transitions as difficult instead of viewing them as positive. And so that's what I wanted to start by speaking about. When we think about change or transition or these big moments in life, I think that our natural mindset is to view those changes and transitions as stressful. And that is natural because when we experience change, it actually activates conflict sensors in the brain. We call that cognitive dis dissonance. And so that results in us feeling chaotic and stressful because we're creatures of habit. Uh, we like things to stay the same. We like to stay at the status quo and homeostasis. So it's a natural reaction to react to change, good or bad, as, you know, kind of being stressful. Um, and without nerding out too much, I just want to provide a little bit more background that if you think about survival mechanisms um, in a very, you know, archaic sense, if we register that there's change in our lives in, in a very basic sense, we view change as threat. It's threat to the status quo or to homeostasis. Um, and so I want to talk about today how shifting your mindset and viewing change or transition instead as these moments in life that are end up being milestone moments because you're going to remember transition. You're going to remember moving from one house to another when you were a little kid. You'll remember graduating from high school, whether positive or negative. You'll remember being laid off from a job. I mean, these are pivotal life moments. And so if we can look at them instead um, as growth opportunities, reframe you know, I love a reframe. <laughs> so reframing these um, transitions as milestone moments, as growth opportunities, even if in the midst of it, it isn't feeling so wonderful and we're not loving the change, we're not loving the transition, whatever it might be. I think that it's just priming you to have a more positive or at least neutral mindset instead of going into it like chicken little, the sky is falling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I totally love what you said about milestone moments because like many of us can look back to our high school graduation, for example, and think, oh, wow, you know, what a sweet time or a good memory or wow, that, you know, you just, it stands out because it's a milestone. But most of us, if you asked us, wouldn't go back to high school if we had the chance. Nope. No way in hell. So while it's like, wow, great, this awesome milestone, almost to keep that in mind, like, you know what, this might not feel good right now, but someday I'm going to look back on it in some sense fondly if it is a more positive or just 
any kind of neutral change, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I even look back on some of my negative experiences and can pick out some of the positive um, experiences that came about because of those, where you're just like in the throes of stress and overwhelm. I think about, um, you know, at the end of my master's program, we had to do clinical case presentations and it was just like, ah, this is so stressful. It's all anyone talked about or thought about or prepared for. And I remember that, that day and how, no, I don't want to go back and do it again. But when I look back, it's actually with, um, a sense of pride, I guess, because even though it was extremely difficult, um, you know, there was a successful outcome and I remember bonding with my peers and there, there are positives peppered in with, um, in, in stressful situations. Right. Or even if it's just something as simple as, man, that season sucked, but I met this great friend out of that season and Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful that they're in my life now, even though I wouldn't want to go back and relive that transition or change or totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I like to think back to while we were kind of prepping for the, the topic of this episode, Em, I was trying to think back to, gosh, what have I done in the past during transitions and during times of change? And I just kind of was, rattling off in my brain like well I always 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 through change or transitions community has been really big for me reaching out to friends or seeking a new community if it's something like moving or even like finding a routine even just bookending your day if it does happen to be job related either a new role or a new career in general I feel like bookending your day with a solid routine will help because you're right. It does feel stressful and sometimes change is chaotic and it's the least we can do for ourselves to start off the day solid and end the day solid and feel like we're still in control in a way. Mm -hmm. Sidebar, you're so inspiring. It might be the white claw or it might be just that we're such a great team, but I feel so fired up right now and like so jazzed. Just so I think jazzed. it's the white claw. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's the tangerine white claw. But anyway, I, I just love doing this. It's so fun. <laughs> okay, wow. it's the white claw. Thanks, white claw. <laughs> Thanks for making me look good, white claw. Maybe our audience should all just pop open a drink too. We encourage you all to drink while listening because it really <laughs> enhances the experience. Um, I also feel like even I do this now just in motherhood, having small joys or little things to look forward to throughout the day or week, whether it's, I don't know, having lunch with a friend or planning a phone call or planning a, a walk or, you know, reading a magazine you've been wanting to read on your lunch break, just little things to be like, oh yeah, um, I'm getting frozen yogurt on my way home tonight. Just something to look forward to, to kind of get you through I feel like that has always helped me through transitions and change and just having something to, I don't know, bring you, bring you that joy and kind of peace and comfort in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It gives you a brain break. It Mm -hmm. lets you step out of the constant stress or searching or working or thinking, whatever it is, and kind of just creates those mini vacation moments. Yeah. Even if your mini vacation is like, lying in bed, watching the real housewives of New York. 
hypothetically. Right. Of course. Hypothetically. So I don't know. I like to think of doing just one thing every day, whether it's something that's going to bring you joy or something that's going to aid you as far as maybe if you're looking for a new job or, you know, if you spend a half an hour job hunting or whatever it may be, just picking one thing through that transition to kind of help support you, I guess you could say, or even a friend that you could reach out to or a mentor, someone that could just kind of encourage you and keep you going and build you up and give you that pep talk that you need sometimes when life just feels really overwhelming. Yeah. Something else to focus on, like a a goal to focus on maybe in addition to creating those, those small joys, things to look forward to. Right. And like I just said that I was doing, I, I think it's important to reflect on our successful transitions from our past to kind of realize, okay, what, what, what works for me? What was my pattern? What are my strengths? What should I focus on to get me through this change? So is that getting up in the morning and going for a jog every day? Is it, it kind of goes back to a routine and bookending your day with something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you might not even know, I, I love that. You might not even know what your strengths are. You might, they might be so natural and intrinsic to you that you have to really kind of, um, analyze your behavior and look back and say, well, I was the most successful or happy or felt the best when I was, you know, taking one hour for lunch every day instead of working through, um, my lunch break. I I mean, I'm just using that as a random example, but essentially we're trying to say, take a look at your behavior, um, and, and almost come up with that formula of this is what it takes for me to feel my best and feel successful. This is how I've gotten through tough times. Maybe you've experienced grief and loss and you, you can look back and say, that was a challenging time. How did I do that? Did you surround yourself with people? Was there somebody that you called every day? Um, and so you can look at life transitions in that same way, even though it might not, it might be grief and loss, but it might not be as dramatic as that. Um, we still want to pull in the same unique strengths and, um, coping skills and routines. Right. I feel like as far as what you were just saying about, um, I don't know, like losing someone, I mean, sometimes transitions aren't always positive. So you know, being laid off or losing a loved one, I think it's important to take time to process and express what you're feeling in a healthy way. Or maybe it's taking quiet time to reflect or meditate or pray or whatever it is that you need to do. Um, Because not all transitions are happy or good or expected. Mm -hmm. Some of them can't be reframed. Right. Um, and I like how you said that expressing emotions in a healthy way. I mean, it's, it's so crucial. And I think that what I've seen, um, and even experienced is that we have a natural tendency to suppress emotions or, or to feel afraid of them because, um, especially if we're talking about negative transitions, negative change, um, we don't want to 
dive into that and feel it and process it. Um, but it is essential in moving through it, you know? Um, I think that something else that can be helpful when you're in a life transition is to try to hypothesize about what might be coming next. Um, so for example, I recently started a new job, um, same company, but essentially a promotion, right? So I transitioned into this new role where I'm now kind of working two jobs at once where I'm a clinician and I'm also a clinic director. And that came with a lot, I mean, a lot of work and a lot of extra time, but also a lot of stress. And in the first two weeks, and even still, I've been in this job for like three months, and I'm just using this as a, a personal kind of anecdote to highlight what I'm trying to say. Um, the first week, I was like on edge, high stress, just very, very grumpy. I know how I get when I'm stressed and I kind of um, become a grumpy bear. <laughs> and that's like <laughs> a nice way of saying it, right? But I think that if you can take a guess at how you think you might react when you're in a transition and you know that it's going to induce stress and say, this is how I historically um, deal with stress. I know that I get grumpy. I snap. I tend to isolate. Maybe I need a lot of alone time and it's okay. Build that into your schedule. I wish I could go back and tell myself that in my first couple weeks of work when I was super stressed out and just, um, making bad choices. No, not big, not really, but you know, just not having the greatest moments, um, in terms of basically I'm dancing around it. I was kind of bitchy to Jake. So <laughs> I wish I could go back and just remind myself, Hey, you're like really high stress right now. It's a stressful time. Why don't you just take some alone time, go in your room, let yourself go to bed early, watch like a dumb show. Um, instead of lashing out at people I love. <laughs> yeah, totally. well, I, I'm like really airing all my dirty laundry unexpectedly. I didn't know I was going to do that. It must be the white claw. <laughs> you should have a white claw every episode. <laughs> what else will come out? Yeah. So essentially I'm saying give yourself some grace. Yeah, totally. And I even think that looking back and knowing, hey, I've been through X, Y, and Z or all these other transitions. And I know that this is just part of the process and I'm going to come out of it. Even that helps to just know and remind yourself and not lose sight of, Hey, maybe like looking at when did I start to feel more comfortable after this transition or when did, when did the clouds start to part? And you know, what was that turning point for me and how did I get there? And I even think that looking at that will be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I would say don't rush through it. Don't try to rush the process. Don't feel like you have to have it all figured out. Um, at the root of transition and change is uncertainty. And in uncertainty, there's fear. Um, our brains naturally have what we call an uncertainty bias, where when we feel that something is uncertain and we don't know the answer, we view it as negative. However, you can change that. Um, you can ch change that natural response by 
soothing your stress responses. You can do that with positive self-talk, reminding yourself that this is just for right now. Um, you know, things are going to improve. Things are always changing. It's not always going to be like this. Um, that's a good I, one. I always have to tell myself this is temporary. Everything is temporary. Everything's temporary. Um, except my tattoo that I got in Hawaii when I was drunk and it was on my foot and I, it's still there. That's not temporary. Ooh, um, yeah. yeah. Bad move. Mm-hmm. Um, discomfort and uncertainty can be your first steps toward positive personal change. Mm-hmm. So again, stepping back into that growth mindset where you're looking at, yes, this is uncomfortable. Um, yes, I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm kind of scared. I'm in uncharted territory, uncharted waters, but, um, I am always growing and evolving and, and changing hopefully for the better. Right. And even if you don't look back on it as a positive milestone, at least you will be able to look back and think, wow, I gained all of these skills or I became stronger or better or fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. I concur. So uh, just to summarize, unless you had another thought, Em. No, I was kind of doing a mental summary myself trying to, we've said a lot. So. Yeah. Let's recap because so, you talked about the growth mindset, which you just revisited mm-hmm. and our milestone moments. Um, I also kind of looking back on my own transitions, I, what comes to mind is community and routine, doing one thing every day that'll move you toward feeling better, um, have little joys or things to look forward to in your days and weeks, seek out support, you know, whether it's a mentor or friends, uh, family members. Mm-hmm. I think remembering that you don't have to view change as a threat. You can view it as, again, that you are growing personally. Um, Yeah, growing pains. You mentioned recognizing your strengths by looking at past events and kind of analyzing how historically you have gotten through tough times. Mm -hmm. Um, Taking time to process your emotions, take a time out. Um, take a brain break and looking ahead. How do I typically react when I'm stressed, when I'm in a transition? What can I maybe expect from myself? And can I give myself a little bit of grace when I'm going through that? Um, and, and don't, don't rush. rush it. Right. Because we, when something is unpleasant or uncertain or we don't know what to do or it feels new and it's scary, it's uncomfortable, we want to rush through it until we get to that safe place. Homeostasis, the status quo, that's what feels good and comfortable. Um, but we're probably, we might come up with our best ideas and do our best work in uncertainty. Yeah, totally. That's a good point. So I think that's all I have to say about it. Um, Yeah, I think maybe we should leave our audience with these nuggets to kind of process through and move into our Tipsy Tuesday segment. Tipsy Tuesday. We need like, I wish we had a, um, a live band. 
go ahead and share with us, M, your Tipsy Tuesday cocktail slash mocktail of choice today. Mm-hmm. So we came up with this idea about bringing you something different every week that's just a, a lighter topic to kind of end on. And we wanted to do Tipsy Tuesday since we tend to release our episodes on Tuesdays. And I have this cocktail that can also be a mocktail. Um, I guess any drink can, but um, I have this drink that is kind of my go-to lately. And I call it a Slim Shirley not to be confused with Slim Shady or a Shirley Temple. It's kind of a mix between the two. Like she's cute and sassy, but also um, a gangster. So I like that combo. And she's slim because it's a skinny cocktail. And so (laughs) what it is essentially is a spiked Shirley Temple. Um, I get... You can do any flavor of a sparkling water. I like to use key lime LaCroix. Um, yeah, that's I, your go-to. I, side note, I want to call it LaCroix, but I know everybody says LaCroix. So I've kind of just fallen into that camp of saying LaCroix. So I use key lime LaCroix and you have to put it in a fancy glass because that's half the fun. Um, I have a bright pink um, wine glass looking thing that mom gave me. And so I usually use that one. Cause that means that, you know, it's tipsy Tuesday, slim Shirley time when I get it out. Hashtag and... janky glam. <laughs> Who said it was janky? I'm just assuming here, but go on. No, it's a nice glass. Okay. But you said it's pink. Yeah, it's pink. And okay. mom gave it to me. Well, if mom gave it to you, it can't be janky. Right. <laughs> she has good taste, that Debbie Simonian. Um, so you get the sparkling water. And depending on how sweet you like it, you could use one or two packets of Truvia. And I like to use Truvia instead of Splenda because Splenda is bad for you. You could also use your um, organic um, low glycemic sweetener of choice if you like um, an agave nectar or whatever it is you like. So essentially you want to sweeten your sparkling water and then you want to add just a splash, just a splash of grenadine. Um, and a couple cherries. And I usually put vodka in it. Um, or you can make it a mocktail if you're pregnant or lactating or <laughs> <laughs> or you just don't want to drink alcohol. But that is what I call the Slim Shirley. The Slim Shirley. I personally can't really drink vodka anymore. But it sounds great if I were to indulge. Um, my actual drink of choice is a smoothie today. So no, no, no alcohol. alcohol. Um, but I made it this morning for the girls and it was so good. It was like a dessert. Mm. Um, so they always ask for smoothies and I was out of frozen fruit. So I used two scoops of vanilla protein, put some almond milk, a couple of bananas, peanut butter and chocolate syrup Mm. and it was so good it was like chocolatey peanut butter banana goodness that sounds amazing I love it when it tastes like a shake or a dessert or something yeah it totally tasted like a milkshake you know 
I, I think it's the California thing or maybe it's an us thing, but a lot of people say syrup, like Jake's whole family says syrup. And I, I just am kind of cracking under pressure and I'm almost starting to say syrup, but oh, we, I know, no, don't I don't do know it. anymore, but we have always said syrup. I don't know anyone who calls it syrup. So maybe it's just Jake's family. Hmm. They're from the land of syrup. He went to school in Vermont. He like suckled the syrup out of trees. The syrup. <laughs> He's going to be embarrassed. He's told me that I'm a political liability if he ever runs for office. Oh, and I'm no. like over here acting like an ass. <laughs> We're going to have to take down our podcast, but it's probably still in existence somewhere. And somebody is going to be able to like hack it out of the cloud. Yeah. It's going to like use it as blackmail. Like, correct. Well, yeah. listen to us while you can, folks. Yeah, get it while it's hot because it's going, going, gone. <laughs> okay, um, well. All right, honey. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We are here at Slowing Down with the Simonians every Tuesday. You can catch a new episode. Uh, say hello on any of the socials. We're on Twitter, Facebook. Um, What's the other one? Instagram. That's like the most famous one. The White Claw really got me tonight, Laura. Not, I'm not even kidding. I'm like buzzed. And kind it really of... took you down. You're going to be surprised when you listen back to this episode. Like, oh, what did we talk about? I forgot. <laughs> um, and just so you know, this is not sponsored by White Claw. Um, but I am drinking the tangerine flavor. And I highly recommend it. So we can end on that with this little pitch. And until next time, guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye.